Let's pray this morning. Father, we are just so grateful for your blood that it has washed us clean. And Lord, we've been reminded so beautifully of that this morning. Um, And now, Lord, we're prepared, Lord, for your word, Lord, which also washes us. Lord God, your word is our compass. Lord, it's our true north. It tells us where to go and it tells us when we're not going the right way. Lord God, your word is a mirror. Lord, we look into it and it looks into us and we see what is wrong in our lives and how we need to improve. And Lord God, your word is is your sword, Lord God. It cuts us deep. It exposes the deepest parts of who we are and it, it shows us how we need to realign ourselves. So God, we're just open to that this morning, Lord, as your church. And we just say, do a work this morning in us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, look, if I was Stu, honestly, I'd be crying because Red sharing, Leo's worship. I'm not Stu, by the way. I'm not as good looking as Stu. Um, Yes. Laying on some compliments to you, Stu, this morning. (laughs) All right, you can take a seat. (laughs) Uh, Very good. All right. Yes, your eyes haven't fooled you. I am wearing a suit this morning. I know. feels weird. I don't like suits. I don't know. Suit jackets, anyway. I feel a bit contained. Anyway, we're going to get into it. This morning, we're going to focus on Jesus' lesson about prayer from the Sermon of the Mountain or his class on a hill. And I'm just believing that God's Spirit is going to light up this morning uh, His Word and I'm hoping that we all grow. And I'm hoping that the theme that we have this year of uh, establishing a courage culture in our life, living fearless, um, can be really grown and nurtured and developed through this great teaching of Jesus on prayer. So um, I'm keen. Are you keen? Let's do it. All right. Now, I'm not going to assume everyone here has the same ideas of what prayer is or even what praying means. We have new people here every single week, so shout out if you're new. Um, And maybe for some, this is the first time you're ever going to think about what prayer actually is. Maybe you've got an image of what prayer is. It's a it's an emoji or something like that, or it's a, it's a balancing act, I don't know. But I want to just ask a few questions, first of all, just to get us thinking a little bit about prayer. So have a think. Do you pray? What or who do you direct your prayers to? What do you pray about? When do you usually pray? How often? How? When you pray, why do you pray? Or what's the impetus behind you praying? Here's a a fact that if you think about it a little bit, it's it's very interesting. Did you know that every single major religion, and probably a lot of minor ones too, have prayer as a central part of their expression? Every major religion. Why is that? You know, and I've even read articles from atheists who have big thoughts and ideas, but when all the rational efforts of theirs have worn out, the medicine, the self-help, the community, trusting in human beings, family, whatever, circumstances go wrong or natural disasters or like that, even atheists themselves turn to prayer. I read something like 16% of those who... Uh, say that they're atheists in one you know, survey in America, 
said that they turned to prayer. Why is that? Isn't that interesting? It's almost as if prayer is this deeply infused instinct or it's fulfilling this need within us. Just like our instinct of breath, which now you're thinking about your breath. I don't know if you've had a coffee and you haven't had a mint or something like that. Okay, But just like our instinct for breath fulfills an essential need of our physical life, Okay, don't hold it too long, perhaps prayer fulfills a spiritual need. Let's think about prayer this morning. From my experience, prayer does something that is totally missing in the modern world. You know, our lives are full and our time is filled. And it's not like we're missing the means or opportunity for great purpose and fulfillment and connection with each other in this modern world. Yet I often hear, in particular from teenagers, which if you don't know, I'm the youth pastor of the church alongside my wife, so working a lot with teenagers in their uh, irrational rationality. (laughs) I often hear that something always seems missing in life, like a puzzle piece Sorry, a puzzle that is missing pieces, which is infuriating if you've got young kids. It's always a puzzle piece that goes missing randomly. So if you know this emptiness in life that I'm talking about, with time being full and lives being so filled up with so much stuff and yet still sensing that there's something missing, well, consider these questions that I asked about prayer at the start. Is there a lack of prayer in your life? I know for me, personally, as a previous English teacher, I love this, and I can do this, and my brain does this, but prayer to me is hard, if I'm being real, okay? And perhaps if your prayer life in any way feels insignificant or lacking, then I want to put forward a solution, or Jesus puts forward a solution, and maybe the answer to your prayer, ironically enough, is prayer itself, (laughs) So, let's get into the word this morning. We're going to go to Jesus' Sermon of the Mount. It's his greatest teaching, in my opinion, his fullest teaching of what the Christian life looks like, what it should look like, the kingdom life. And Jesus is teaching his followers about what genuine prayer is and what faulty prayer is. And probably like all of us, he always starts with what's wrong. So, we'll get into that in Matthew 6. It says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will get. Guilty. Prayer is not about looking good. That's what Jesus is teaching. Faulty prayer makes prayer about myself and only myself and how good I look or the self-glory I can get from looking good on the street corner or whatever. Guilty, Lord. Verse six, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. The most intimate prayer, the closest prayer, 
the prayer that Jesus encourages us to do through his word is private prayer. Now, Jesus is not anti-corporate prayer meeting. Okay, He loves when two or three or more gather in his name. But the prayer the Father rewards the most, according to his word, is the prayer of a private individual. The door closed, no one around, in the car. I don't know where alone is for you. Okay, For me, with two kids, alone is not home. <laughs> Amen. Well, the parents understand that. Okay, I don't know where it is for you, but that is the prayer that Jesus is encouraging us. But let's keep going. He's going to hit, hit us with something else about faulty prayer. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. Okay. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words over and over again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. Guilty. Real prayer is not a heartless, thoughtless chant. It's not routine or repetition. And it's not like talking to Siri to get what you want. Hey Siri, give me some extra cash to spend on a premium skydiving experience. (laughs) Yes, it's good. That was excellent. All right. Prayer is not talking to Siri. Prayer, Jesus teaching... Teachers is not telling God what he doesn't know already. God, please help. I need your help with my exam. Help me get good marks. Move my hands to the correct answer. (laughs) And God's like, oh, I didn't know you needed help. I mean, I did think it was weird that you avoid studying until the last night and now you've started to pray to me. I thought that was a bit weird, but I'm surprised that you needed help. You should have spoken to me earlier. He knows you need help. (laughs) He knows your needs. So why on God's green earth should we pray if he already knows what we need? John Calvin puts it this way. Believers do not pray with the view of informing God about things unknown to him or of exciting him to do his duty or of urging him as though he were reluctant. On the contrary, they pray in order that they may arouse themselves to seek him, that they may exercise their faith in meditating on his promises that they may relieve themselves from their anxieties by pouring them into his bosom. (laughs) In a word, that they may declare that from him alone they hope and expect, both for themselves and for others, all good things. Or as Martin Luther puts it way shorter, by our praying, we are instructing ourselves more than we are him. Now I'm going to put this kind of in my own words in just a second, but let's read his words first, because now he's going to teach us. 
in verse 9. He says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. What is he teaching here? Is this a script? But didn't he just say merely repeating words over and over isn't genuine prayer, just a couple of verses? It's not a script. You know, I've heard this prayer read many times, like a script, and even myself. And like all kind of cliches, it can lose its shine the 50th or 500th time that you've seen it on a nice tea towel or something like that, okay? It's not meant to be a script, though. So what is Jesus teaching us? Jesus is teaching us the purpose we should have for our prayers. And the purpose of prayer is to remind us. To remind us. Now, on my keys, I have this thing called a tile. Does anyone have a tile on their keys? Yes, okay. Because just like Dory, I need it because I just chuck my keys down somewhere. I don't put it in the little pineapple cup that Ash has made for the keys. <laughs> Sorry about that, okay? But it's, it's handy, because I can just call on my phone my keys and ask, hey, where are your keys? And then they're in the back room, and I go, get it, okay? The purpose of prayer is to remind us to know him and to know he knows us. To constantly remember who we are and who God is. Genuine prayer is supposed to slap me out of my zombie state. And just like getting slapped, it wakes you up and makes you more aware of yourself because your cheek hurts and more aware of the person who's slapped you, okay? Or in this case, the maker. It makes me more aware of myself and my maker. Think of how many consequences have come from people forgetting something. Maybe you, simply because you've forgotten something, you've borne a consequence that you didn't intend, but that doesn't help because you've forgotten something important. You forgot to show up to work. Fired. Don't know how you do that. Or you forgot to close the dog gate and Rufus is out the door. Okay? Oh, this is a classic one. We've all done this before. Oh, I forgot my child at the Maya Cafe playground again. <laughs> Arrested. <laughs> I'm sure we've all done that one before. Are you forgetful? Well, Jesus knows. He knows, remember? And so he teaches us how not to forget the most important things of kingdom living. The most essential things to remember. And the way we don't forget is by prayer. So, these are the seven things Jesus knows we constantly forget and we need to remember. 
Seven things Jesus wants prayer to remind us about. So let's go through them again. In verse 9 it starts, Our Father in heaven. Fathers provide. Fathers protect. Fathers watch over. Fathers give good gifts, not state snakes or stones and fathers are in control of it all and God is in control of this world he is sovereign and we forget it (laughs) we forget it easily but he is father amen we continue may your name father be kept holy. God is holy, meaning set apart, perfect. He's the silverware in mum's cabinet, untouchable, valuable, routinely polished. Unlike all the other ordinary cups in your cabinet, that's who God is. He's not in a cabinet though, okay? That's where the analogy falls short. (laughs) But we must remember his value and we must keep his name holy in a world that does not keep it holy. We must not diminish his value through our prayers or through our lack of prayer. That's what Jesus is teaching us. His name is holy. Verse 10, this is where it gets exciting. May your kingdom come soon. Now, you've got to read the whole Sermon of the Mount to understand what his kingdom is, or the whole Gospels, to be honest, but in particular, Jesus lays out in the Sermon of the Mount what kingdom living looks like, okay? And we're the ones who are bringing it here on earth, okay? But God is establishing his kingdom, and he's all about his kingdom, And we must not forget, or tragically, horribly, we may need to repent of just adding God to our kingdom under our rules and thereby tarnish his name by attaching it to ours. We must remember his rule and his kingdom and our role in simply bringing it. He's in control. He's the king, and we're bringing it. We keep going. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God is active. He's not passive. He is involved in his creation. He hasn't abandoned it. He hasn't said it and forgetted it. (laughs) And God has a plan for your life as well. And he has a will for your life. And he's actively working in your life. And even if in some ways maybe you've resisted it or you haven't heard this before, he is still active in your life because he's in control of it all. He's moving things around in your life to shake you up a little bit, 
and to get you to look at his rule and his kingdom rather than your own, okay? You are not a stupid Kmart flat pack without instructions. You are a Swedish flat pack. (laughs) Beautifully made, frustrating at times, but with every correctly followed step, you are being perfected. Shout out to Lockie Pembroke. Jesus, through our prayer life, does not want us to forget who he is. His name, his rule, his will. Have you forgotten who he is? Do you even know who he is? Or maybe has prayer for you been this thing that doesn't have a purpose to it? Or maybe you've, just like me, uh, done the faulty prayer. Or maybe fault, faulty prayer is more the, the norm for you. I don't know. But you, the word hopefully this morning is challenging us to see prayer in a different light. Because we need it. We need it to build courage in our life. Amen? So, he tells us to pray like that. And now that we've set the foundation, he wants to get personal. There's a difference here. changes. I wonder if you can notice it. He says, give us today the food we need. Did you notice it? It's gone from your name, your rule, your will, and it turns to us. Not me, not me, us. He's speaking to his disciples here. Jesus has gone up a hill, he sat himself on a rock, and the Bible says he's taken the position of a teacher, and everyone who's following him up the hill, his disciples and followers, they're sitting down and they're listening to his teaching. He's talking to a crowd, not just an individual here. Isn't that interesting? How often do I pray just singularly singularly about me, And yet Jesus wants to remind us through our prayers that me should actually be we, us, his disciples. Prayer's purpose is to remind me that it's not about me or not just about me. Jesus reminds us that Father God is the provider of our daily needs. And that we provide for each other's daily needs. God gives us lots of bread to share around. Jesus is reminding us that just like the Israelites getting manna from heaven in exile as they journey together, he is giving bread to us all to share and enjoy That's why we do missions, amen? We, who have, for whatever reason, thank you God, bread, sharing them with persecuted Christians through open doors in the Ukraine or wherever, wherever they're working right now, all these different countries that they're working. We 
share the bread. Amen. That's what prayer is reminding us of this morning. And it's powerful. It makes our life, which is just sometimes a small cocoon of just either myself or immediate family and meeting those needs, and it extends it out to billions of people who confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior throughout the world. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Let's keep going. We're almost through. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Forgiveness. Do not forget the power of forgiveness. Have you forgotten the power of forgiveness? As Christians, we believe that God's spirit moves through his word. And when we hear it, and it, we actually hear it, and it doesn't just go through, it starts to remind us or make us think about things. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. It's powerful. And then finally, don't let us yield to temptation but rescue us from the evil one. There's no mistaking evil is a presence that is all around us in this world. There's no need for me to point out that all of us are pressed on every side to give in to the temptation of evil in all areas of our life. It's the world that we live in, but there is a kingdom that God is trying to establish through us That is light in the darkness. And Jesus wants to remind us of prayer's power to not only push back against evil, but to pull us completely from its clutches. Like a rescue rope to a child in a rip. Not to stay in that place of temptation and pull, but to completely rescue us from it. That is prayer's power. And he wants to remind us of that every single time that we pray. He provides for us, he forgives us, he protects us. I'm going to ask the team to come up now. But there's one final thing that I'd love to illustrate this morning. This is a bit of bonus a bonus content. We've sort of gone through the word and I hope that you've encouraged and I hope that you, know, you take it away and you reflect on um, each of these points and to include them in your prayer life. That's the application. Um, but one final thing and it revolves around that question before, which I may have said, I can't remember. I've skipped over a few of my notes, but why is it about us and not just me? Why is it about us? Give us today our daily bread. He's got his followers in front of him and he's teaching them in the context of community, right? So they're all together. They're all hearing this from the same thing from the same mouth. And there's something so powerful about this that I think might encourage you this morning or give you a an edge which I think God's word is sort of revealing to us this morning. 
is that when we pray as the word teaches us to pray and we consider that a fellow follower of Jesus is praying exactly the same prayer that's where the power comes in because if I'm praying forgive us our sins forgive us our sins and the person that I have been hurt by or offended by is praying exactly the same thing and the spirit's moving and you know you can't argue it you know that if you, you pray forgiveness and you've got unforgiveness that person comes up you know like a, <laughs> a light in your head okay, that's my experience at least okay so you're both praying that together you're both reminding yourselves of God's forgiveness then isn't that the best environment for reconciliation you've done it privately you've gone away to your room you've closed the door You've sought God. You haven't done it publicly. You're not making a show of it. You're genuine. Genuine heart. And you pray, oh man, I need, I need your forgiveness, Lord, because I've, I've blown it. Or I feel this so strongly right now, but I know, I'm reminding myself, I need to extend forgiveness. Can you see the power in that? And so when somebody in the middle of Africa is praying exactly the same prayer, and then we are praying exactly the same prayer on Mission Sunday or whatever it is, right? We come to the morning and we're thinking, give us today our daily bread. And that person's praying the same thing. Can you see how then that causes action to take place? And the person who has the bread shares it. And the prayer of the person who needs the bread is answered. Can you see how that's how the kingdom works? The kingdom is like yeast in bread that expands and it flows and it goes and it, you can't stop it. But what stops the kingdom is when the kingdom people don't pray or they don't pray like Jesus taught them to pray. So I'd love to pray with us this morning. And I would love to invite each of you, if you're able to, please stand. You don't need to we've stood up and sat down a lot this morning so please you don't have to but if you'd like to and we're going to pray and then the team are going to sing uh, sing a song with us let's pray this morning our father in heaven who is in control of it all who is a good father a loving father who provides who gives who watches over. May your name, the pure name, not the public relations name or the media name, but your true name, your good name, your holy name, may it be kept holy by my lips and ours as a church. May your kingdom come soon, God. Lord, there is a kingdom of darkness and it presses. But Lord, your kingdom is expanding through me and through our church. May your kingdom come soon. We want it, God. We need it. May it come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I submit myself to your will. 
And I say, God, whatever you will of me, Lord, I'm open to it. Give us today the food that we need, both the needs that I know, Lord, and the needs that I don't even know. Deep needs, maybe not even bread, emotional needs, physical needs, healing. Lord, the needs that I know and the needs that I don't know, Lord, I pray that you would work in me. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against this. Lord God, I forgive my brother. I forgive my sister. And I want to be a vessel of forgiveness for them. I want to be an extension of your forgiveness to us. And Lord, let us as the church not yield to the temptation of division, of evil, of destruction, of hurt, of laziness. But Lord, rescue us from the evil one. And Lord, as this church is a lighthouse, Lord, in our city and in our nation, Lord, may it continue to be as your people are guided and reminded by prayer. We thank you this morning in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Let's worship together.